so worthy. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good to have Sister Vanessa with us. Amen. She transferred from the Madison area to La Crosse. Amen. She got wise. <laughs> Amen. No, so she's here going to school. It's good to have Sister Michaela back from her long sabbatical vacation and all that, you know, so it's good to be back. So just remember those that are not here tonight, amen, for the study. Amen. I guess I scared everybody away. I told them they had to have all the questions so everybody ran off. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. But everybody else is ready, right? Amen. Everybody's got sick all of a sudden. Amen. It's uh you know, yeah. <laughs> everybody should have eight verses ready, and so let's try and see, you know, who will be brave. <laughs> Sister Michaela is brave. I see her going, ooh. <laughs> Amen. So we have we have eight verses you should have memorized. First one, at the beginning in January, we talked about overcoming self. Self, okay. And so who's going to volunteer and do that one? Proverbs 14, 14. Huh? What is You got it? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother Richard. <laughs> Anybody want to take a try? Anybody want to try? Anybody want to? <laughs> okay. Anybody want to take a try? A swag. <laughs> a stab. <laughs> okay, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Like Proverbs fourteen fourteen. That was real easy. Everybody should have got that one. Amen. The backslide in the heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. And we talked about overcoming self that whole month, getting self out of the way so that God can use us, so God can do what he's trying to do in our lives. But if I let self be in the way, it would hinder me, amen, from being an overcomer, amen. All right? So then February, we talked about overcoming the world, amen, John 13, I mean, John sixteen thirty three, right? Overcoming the world. <laughs> okay. These things have I spoken in you, that in me you shall have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. If God has overcome the world, then you should be able to overcome the world. And during that lesson, we talked about what the world really is because we can look out here and everybody says oh that's the world you don't have anything to do with that don't have anything to do with that. well that's not what he's talking about 
John says all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Okay? So we have to get those things out of us, and we can deal with the world. Amen. We can see the beauty of what God has created out there. Amen. Psalms 19 tells us, amen, that God created all this stuff, right? And so we're supposed to enjoy it and not let it pull us or the ways that the enemy is trying to do. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Amen. If we get that out of us, then we can be overcomers of the world, right? Okay. Then in March, we move to overcoming tradition, tradition. And Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 and verse 9, Paul tells us, Beware, lest in any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Amen. Overcoming traditions. There's a lot of traditions uh, in the world today and even in some of the churches that you have to make sure that you're not following those traditions. Amen. Because those traditions can lead you down the wrong path. You know, there's some people that say, oh, my grandmother did this. This is how my grandmother brought me up. This is how my granddad brought me up. This is how my dad. And those are family traditions that if we are not careful, they can lead us down the wrong road. We have to search the scripture, Jesus said. And if you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify me. And so, therefore, we want to make sure that the only traditions we are following are true. <laughs> and those that it's going to lead us to be more like Jesus Christ. Amen. Then in April, we talked about overcoming discontentment. Philippians 4.11. And if I want to try to stab, amen. Not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned that whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Amen. No matter what state. If I'm in Minnesota, i got to be content. If I'm in Iowa, I have to be content. If I'm in Missouri, I have to be content. If I have money, I have to be content. If I don't have money, I have to be content. No matter what state I'm in in my life, I must learn how to be content. Contentment. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and it's for certain we will take nothing out. So we have to learn contentment. We've got to learn how to be content with who we are, where we are, and what we have. Amen. Because we know that all things work together for good, right? To them that love God, to them who are the called. So what I've learned how to do is just rejoice where I am on that. That's what the Bible tells me to do, rejoice evermore. Amen. I, I can't allow the enemy, uh, my mind, to get into a, 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 in a process to where where i'm at i don't want to be there i have to learn how what god is doing in that process there is a wilderness time in all of our lives that we're going to go through a wilderness 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 where is barren dry there's nothing there but you in the desert (laughs) israel israel was out there for 40 years (laughs) you know and so if i got to walk in the wilderness for 40 years I got to learn how to be content. 
Amen. He, he'll have a cloud over my head. You know, Israel, their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. You don't see them complaining about it was too hot. You know, the only thing they complained about was too much food. <laughs> and that's something. They complained that it was too much manna, you know. I'm tired of eating manna, you know. So that means you got too much if, you, if you're tired of eating it, right? Then they wanted meat, and then they was got sick. <laughs> Amen. But so we have to learn contentment. Amen. Then in May, we talked about overcoming laziness, right? Amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Amen. The Bible says, but be ye followers of them who do be that you be not slothful, but be <laughs> but followers of them who faith and patience inherit the promises. Right? Yes. So you're, you're not to be lazy. You're not to be slothful. There's so many scriptures in the Book of Proverbs talks against laziness, and we as Christians we must not be lazy. The Bible tells us whatsoever things we do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto man. So we want to be busy about our Father's business. Amen. You want to be laboring in the vineyard. You want to work while it's day because the night is coming when no man can work. So whatever you do, Jesus says, put your hand to the plow and go to work. Go into the field. Get into the harvest field. Seize every opportunity to labor, to tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Work, work, work was day. Be diligent. Watch the ant. Even Proverbs tell us to go to the ant and observe his way. They're not slothful. They prepare their meat in the summer so they don't be starving in the winter. Too many people is lazy in the summer and in wintertime come they start knocking on your door, want handouts. You know, we got to labor. Amen. And then in June, we... Overall... <laughs> Okay, go ahead, Sister DeMuth. Count it all joy when you fall into... Amen, good, amen, good job. Amen, James chapter 1, amen. Verse, count it all joy. Amen, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work it patience. Amen. Count it joy. Do you get excited when temptations and trials come your way? Amen. So count it joy. Count it joy. Have joy. Be joyful. Don't let those things that come against you. That's why it's all part of the preparation process of studying to show yourself approved into God, to hide the word of God in your heart so that when things come that are not pleasant, you still have the abilities and the power, the strength, to keep worshiping and to keep going on. Because that's what God gives us. Isaiah tells us that he gives us strength. Amen. And so he's given Isaiah 613 tell us that he's given us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See? So we have to have that strength of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. See? So as long as I stay excited in God, no matter what comes my way, I can count it all joy. Amen. Amen. So, count it all joy. And then in July, we talked about overcoming fear. <laughs> overcoming fear. Amen. Isaiah 41.10. He 
Fear thy not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will help you, yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. Notice, God says, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God will hold you up. He's with you. So fear. And Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, God have not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you power. He's given you love, and he's given you a sound mind. Amen. So don't fear. Jesus even said, fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. The, the enemy will try to cause you to fear. Fear is just false evidence appearing real. False evidence that's appearing real. Amen. So you don't have to fear. Amen. Jesus says, don't fear him that can kill the body, but is not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him that's able to kill both the body and soul in hell. So fear Jesus, right? Reverence him. Love him with all your heart. Amen. Then we went to Augusta. and Everybody should have that one, man. We just finished that one, right? Only by pride comes come what? But with the well-advised is wisdom. Amen. Only by pride. So we get pride out of our lives. All right. Very good. Now, I want you to keep studying these. And, you know, remember our goal is to hide the Word of God in our hearts. Amen. And to know these 12 memory verses. You, got to, you, got, you get the whole month. So you get 30, 31 days to practice them every month. So every day, you should practice these scriptures. That's how I learn them. Uh, every day before I go to bed, when I get up in the morning, I practice them. When I lay down in bed at night, I let it go through my mind. When I'm out walking, I quote them. You know, so you, got, you get 31 days. You know, they say, if you want to be a professional in anything, if you give one hour a day to it for five years or less, you will be a professional in it. Just one hour. So I don't think I'm going to take up piano lessons. Maybe at the end of five years, I'll be able to play a piano. So they say one hour extra a day and what you want to be in five years, you'll be a professional in that field. That's pretty good, huh? So in five years, you guys, uh, your pastor may know how to play piano. You can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, <laughs> Amen. All right, let's move on tonight. Amen. We're going to the book of James again tonight. James chapter three, verse fourteen through sixteen. This is one is is, is two verses, but uh, you guys are smart. Amen. You can capture this too. Amen. Fourteen, fifteen, and six. Three verses. Amen. Overcoming envy. We're talking about overcoming envy. But if you have bitterness, envying, and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Notice, where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. In the church, it, we should never envy anybody. I can sing better than he can. I can sing better than she can. 
I look better than her. No, we should never envy anyone. Amen. There's too much confusion. Envy is defined as a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions or qualities. A desire to have a quality, a possession, or other desirable attributes belonging to someone else. Some of the synonyms that are used for this word are jealousy, covetousness, resentful, bitterness, discontent, and the green-eyed monster. What do you think is called the green-eyed monster? Why do you think envy is called the green-eyed monster? <laughs> envy is green, you're green, you know. If somebody gets sick, they say they're green. You're immature, you're green. You know, usually people's envy, envy people's immature. You, you have a mature. You know, what color is the cat eyes? Green, right? You know, and what does a cat usually do to a mouse when he catch him? Before you eat him. Huh? He torments him, doesn't he? Say he torments him. See, yeah, he slaps him around because the mice can't go anywhere. He's got him trapped. He half kills him, and then he just tormented, 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 you know, before he eats him. You know, if you ever watched, I think it's uh, Shakespeare, uh, and Othello, I think it is, and one of, and 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 he brings that up about the green-eyed monster. You know, in that regards of, of being greedy and all this stuff, you know. And so we have to realize that envy is kind of like that. It torments you before it kills you. See? See? And, and that's why James says, you know, it's not from above. It's earthly. It's sensual, and it's devilish. You remember Jesus said, The thief comes not but for the steal, to kill, and to destroy. Say, so we can't allow envy to get into our lives. Jealousy, covetousness. Paul says in Romans 7, 7, that I didn't even know that lust was a sin until I read in the law, Thou shalt not covet. Amen. Notice. These words that come, jealousy, resentful, bitterness, discontent. And we've already talked about discontentment, haven't we? Overcoming discontentment. Amen. Scripture says that Pilate knew that it was because of envy that the religious leaders wanted Barabbas released instead of Jesus. In Matthew 27, verse 16 through 18, and that it was because of this same envy that the chief priest had delivered him. Mark 15, 9 through 10 says, But Pilate answered them, said, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. Notice, they wanted to get Jesus out of the way. They envied him. People was following him. They was jealous of him. They felt that they were going to lose so many people to his way. Envy and jealousy are not the same thing, and they are often confused. 
It is important to know the difference between envy and jealousy to determine which emotion you are feeling. Jealousy is a reaction to the threat of losing something you already possess. Envy is a reaction to something you think that you like. Let me say that again. Jealousy is reactions to the threat of losing something you already possess. Envy is a reaction to something that you think you like. For example, jealousy is what you feel when you see someone you like flirting with another guy or gal. Envy is what you feel when you see someone drives up in a brand new sports car or get promoted over you. Before you can deal with your envy in a constructive way, you need to figure out what it's causing it. If you feel envy over someone's new sports car, take some time to examine the reason why you feel envious. You need to take an examination of yourself. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, amen, uh, I think it's 16, 5, and 6, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self, 13, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, amen. It says, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. But I trust that you know you're not a reprobate. Amen. I hope you know that you are some good to God. Amen. Reprobates mean you're worthless. You're useful. You ain't no good for nothing. You know. And he says, I trust that you know that that ain't true in you. You know. So you need to examine yourself. What is causing you to envy someone else? What is causing you to be jealous? What is it? You know, search yourself. Amen. Get get alone with Christ and pray and seek and find out. If you feel envy over someone's new sports card, take some time to examine the reason you feel envious. Ask yourself questions to identify the cause of your envy before dealing with your envy. For example, are you envious because you want a car like that one they have? Or are you envious because of their abilities to afford something so expensive? When your envy is of someone else, it often stems from feeling a person inadequacies. Amen. We don't think we're good enough. We don't think, amen, what we have is enough. We think we're, we're lacking something. And that's not always the case. And we'll talk more in the lessons about this. Amen. When you're focused on how someone else has the career, the spouse, the possessions, or the intelligence you want, and these desires are rooted in what you perceive to be your own shortcomings, it can make you envious. It can make you envious. You should try to back down from judging yourself harshly, and you won't be inclined to compare your situation unfavorably to someone else's. Don't be hard on yourself. God is working your life the way he wants it. 
Amen. Let God work you. Amen. You don't know what other people are going through. Amen. You know, they may not have the easiest life that you think they have. As the old saying go, you don't know the whole story. <laughs> Say, so don't envy people. Don't be jealous of people. Amen. Let God do what he's doing in you. As David says, search me, O God. You know, try me. Amen. Praise God. For example, maybe you're envying your friend's amazing career, which has taken off while yours is still in infancy. Try to be more patient with yourself, and you will get your turn in the spotlight if you just keep working hard. Envy stems from being judgmental and general because we think that this is better than that or that is better than this. And we make our decisions based on getting what we don't have. So during this lesson, we're going to look at how envy can affect us and some of the things we can do to hopefully overcome it. So what are some of the harmful effects of envy? It fosters discontentment and distress. Anybody distressed? <laughs> you know, is your distress being caused by envy? Is your discontentment caused by envy? It can bind our freedom. The Bible tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We should be free. Amen. We should not be bound. Amen. He came to set us free. Nothing should bound you. Nothing should hold you back. Not fear, not temptation. Nothing should bind you and hold you from your freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. It leads to resentment and bitterness. That should not be in your life. It causes us to do things that we wouldn't do normally. A lot of times we can get mad at people because they got better things than we have. And that should not be of God. People get envy and, and want to, to kill somebody because they got something better. That shouldn't be. That may not be as good as this. That could be fake. You know, you see people with all this jewelry and stuff on, walking around. You know, I guarantee you, if they go to the pawn shop, <laughs> they are not going to get what it's worth. You know, and sometimes that stuff is fake anyhow. You know, I don't know if you ever seen how they make perfume. <laughs> you read the ingredients on the bottle sometimes, you know. You know, you might think it's, they, they push it as being the real stuff. But if you see how they make it, I guarantee you realize it ain't the real deal. When I was stationed in, in, in the Gulf War in the Middle East, I was able to get the real stuff. I, I gave, brought back my wife all kinds of, of the oils because it was the real deal, you know, to give to her. And somebody, I think, told her, man, you could just take one of those bottles that he gave you and cut it, and you could make hundreds of dollars by just putting some water in <laughs> and with it and cutting it because that's what they do in the store, you know, and sell it, you know. So, but it causes us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. It can spiral into deep depression. 
Amen. You, you remember back when, what was the skater's name? Nancy Kerrigan and, and Tanya Harden. And you, you remember that? Back, what year was that? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? You know, and, and they both were skaters, figure skaters. You know, good figure skaters. And, and Tanya, all of a sudden, Tanya, is that how she put on the name? Tanya. Yeah, she got jealous of uh, Kerrigan and tried to break the girl's leg. You know, yeah, you know, jealousy. See, it makes you do things you normally wouldn't do. You're on the same team. You're, 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 you're skating for the same organization. You know, you're on the team. So, so why break her leg? Because you want to look better. See, it makes you do things that normally wouldn't do. It makes you say things about people that you normally wouldn't say. You know, it makes you do wrong things towards people. So it can harm us. And then it can put us in some very deep depression. Oh, I wish that would be like that. Oh. You sit in the corner and you pout. You know, your parents say, why don't you go out with your friends? Oh, I don't like her. I don't like him. They got everything. I don't have nothing. You know, that shouldn't be. It is a constant battle that war against the heart and the soul or the heart and mind and soul. You know, this battle goes on. This this raging that's inside of you. This is why Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 12, I mean 10. He says, let us bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We got to keep our mind focused here. We can't let this thing. It leaves us in the debt. Man, I, I would love to see some people's cosmetic bills. I would love to see some people's uh, cell phone bills. <laughs> you know, to see what are they wasting it on. Some people's got to have the ladies' gadget because she's got the ladies' gadget. Some people's got to have the best looking phone because she's got the best phone. You know, all that envious. I'm not, you know the old saying about keeping up with the Joneses? You know, yeah, where your treasure, that's where your heart is going to be. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, the Joneses got a new car today. I got to have a new car. No, what should have said, hooray for the Joneses. You know, they got a new house. Hooray for the Joneses. You know, <laughs> You know, that's right. You got to rejoice with people. Don't envy what they got. Your turn will come in the bucket. You know, you keep working. You keep doing what you know to do is right. And see, don't God bless you. You know, Proverbs 8 said, wisdom says, honor and riches with me. Yea, durable riches. Those that love me, I will cause to inherit substance. Amen. You, You love wisdom and see, don't you have better. See, don't God open up his treasure. Read Proverbs 8. He says, I'll open up my treasure. Amen. And his stuff that he gives you is real. It's not fake. Amen. This is what you want. Amen. You don't want to envy someone else. It's harmful. Amen. It all, no positive contribution to your life. Amen. If something ain't going to add to my life, I don't want it. And envy doesn't add 
to my life. Amen. And so we have to realize these things. In 1 Samuel 18, we know that Saul envied David. He was jealous of David. Notice, when they start singing in 1 Samuel uh, 18, verse 7, amen, that the ladies start singing. You know, they came out, they were singing. You know, Saul is, David has killed this thousand. Uh, Saul has killed this thousand, and David has killed this ten thousand. And they were just singing. And Saul got jealous. You know, and in verse 8, notice what he says. Amen. You know, and Saul was very rough. He got angry. See, this is what envy and jealousy does. It makes you angry. And says, is the saying displeased him? And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000 me, but a thousand. You know? See? And so he went about from that moment to kill him. See? And he had, had a javelin in his hand. David is sitting there playing the harp, trying to enjoy life, playing good music. Saul's got a javelin in his hand, and all of a sudden he throws it to try to kill him. You know, and David got out of his way. And from that moment, David knew that Saul was, was intending to kill him. You know, when all he did was do what the king had asked him. That's all he was doing. He was serving. He was serving to the best of his ability. Yeah, he was anointed. He was already anointed to be the king. But he wasn't trying to put himself in a position to take the kingdom. He was just laboring to wait and see what God would do, you know. And as a result, Saul got jealous of him. And as a result, he wanted to kill him. He was envy of, of what David. And as you see, when you begin to read through the, the books of Samuel, you see that everything that David was having to run constantly to avoid Saul's envy and jealousy. And everybody that even had anything to do with David, or he heard about that was close to David, he tried to kill them too. See, that's what envy does. It's like a cancer. It gets into your body and it just keeps gnawing and nagging uh, at you to try to prevent you from accomplishing what God says. Notice what James says. He says, if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, he says, glory not and lie not against the truth. He says, this stuff isn't coming from God. See, he says, it's coming from the devil. Amen. That's why Satan, he envied God. It's kind of like the way he did Eve. When you look at in Genesis 3, that's what he kind of did with Eve. The Bible says he beguiled or tricked Eve. Amen. Can you imagine, I think the conversation might have went something like this at the tree of the good of knowledge of good and evil. Hey, Eve, now come on. You know, God is holding out on you. But see, he knows if you eat from this tree, you're going to be God. You're going you're gonna to be just like him. You make your own choices. You make your own decisions. You can tell people what to do. You don't have to listen to him. You know? And he got her to believe it. No, that, that, that's not in the scripture, you know. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. That's probably how he did, you know. Envy, you know. And he got her to a point that she start to what? Envy. 
to feel that she was lacking something. And as a result, she took. See? And it was that downward spiral from that moment in her life. See? Because Adam says, well, it was the woman. The woman said it was the serpent. <laughs> you know? And so, and ever since, our lives has been what? Spinning out of control. You know? Because we have allowed this thing to happen. Amen. So we can't allow this stuff to take place in our lives. You know, you stop and think about David. You know, how could David, a man after God's own heart, get to a point that he envies somebody else's wife? You know, his, his, his own leader, one of his own leaders, faithful leader. When you read about Uriah, you know, look how faithful he was. He was faithful to the cause. He was a faithful, you know, soldier. But yet, David envied what he had. He had all kinds of wives, but he wanted his, you know. And as a result, when he got what he wanted, then he realized, I've got to cover this thing up. You know, Solomon, when you read, amen, in Proverbs, I think it's chapter 6, uh, five, he says, man, you need to drink waters out of your own well. <laughs> you know, you need to take care of your own home front. You know, not somebody else's. You know, when you get married, you're supposed to be content. <laughs> you're supposed to love here. Amen. So we, we can't allow this thing to, to get in our hearts and to get into our soul that causes us to envy what someone else uh, has as well. Even in Numbers chapter 16, we see that Dothan and, uh, and uh, Korah, Korah rather, and his guys, they got together, you know, and notice what they said to Moses. Go to Numbers chapter, let me see here, chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. Now Korah and the sons of Ezhar, the son of Korah, the son of Levi, and Dothan, and Abram, the sons of Eliab, and on the sons of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take too much upon you. Notice, seeing all the congregation are holy, Every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift you up yourself above the congregation of the Lord. And notice what Moses did. Because he's the most humble God. Moses fell on his face before God. You know, they're saying, hey, everybody's got the Holy Ghost. Everybody is holy. You know, everybody is God's. So, you know, why do you think you ain't got to be in charge? You know, I want to be in charge today. You know, they start to envy Moses and Aaron. And as a result, we see what happened. The earth opens up and swallowed them up. Amen. In other words, God got involved in the situation and in the circumstance. Amen. 
So we have to be content with the things that we have. Amen. As we study God's word, we are overcoming. And so therefore, we've got to be content so that things does not get into our lives that will cause us to envy other people and other things or be jealous of other people. As I said early, God is working in your life. He's going to make all things the way he wants it in you. And as David, Paul says, amen, he that had begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You are beautiful in his sight. You are beautiful in his eyes. Amen. Don't let, compare yourself to the world's standard. Amen. And, you know, you, you listen to the media a lot, you know, and everybody's hollering, the rich need to pay more taxes. Why are people envious and jealous of the rich? It's not their fault that they're rich. You know, it's not it's not my fault if my parents die and leave me millions. Is it? <laughs> you know, you, you stop and think of that. You know, that's all you hear in the media today. Rich need to pay more taxes. Rich need to pay more taxes. I guarantee you, if those people that shouting that was on the other side, they wouldn't be shouting. See? They would not be shouting one bit. You know, it's not a person's fault. You know, opportunities knock. Doors open. You know, the guys that developed, the guy that developed, what is it, Facebook. I think that somebody said he just stumbled up on the idea. You know? And all of a sudden, he put it into action, you know, and it went viral, and he he, he wound up getting rich. It's not his fault that he put his idea to good use. God tells us he gives us talents and abilities. You know, it's not God's fault if we don't use what he has given us for our good. See? Everybody wants to blame somebody else and find their faults because they're where they are. If you take your talents, you know, most people don't realize, you know, Walt Disney, you know, yes, he's gone now, but you know he got kicked out of the army with a dishonorable discharge? You know, he got kicked out of the army with a dishonorable discharge. And you guys go to his parks today, you know, because he took his idea and put it together. I, I saw an interview once with Art Linkletter. You know, and Art Linkletter said one of his biggest mistakes that he made was Walt Disney tried to get him to buy the land around Universal in Florida with him. And he didn't do it. He said that was one of my biggest mistakes. He offered me the opportunity to come in with me and buy that land, and I didn't do it. See? You know, think about it. You know, opportunities knock. You know, you have to seize that opportunity when it knocks on your door. Think about it. If you go back to my days when we was a kid, think about the guy that made the hula hoop. I knew I had that idea in my head, you know, before they made that hula hoop. Because we used to take a garden hose and cut it off, you know, and, and put a piece of stick in it and put it together. And we was going around pushing it and running around our neck, you know. And the next thing I know, here come a plastic hula hoop for sale in the market. You know, I know it was my idea. 
you know, I didn't have the pattern. You know, you stop and think the little stuff. You know, you know, you you look at, you know, I don't know if you ever. What is that show that they have now? Um, no, 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 no. Uh, these guys, uh, Shark Tank. You know, you know, you know. I was down at the vet clinic because that's where I used to watch all this. I wasn't waiting for my apartment. VA, not vet. VA. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for my appointment. But, but you, you know, somebody have an idea, you know, and they need money to prevent, advance their idea. And all these guys do is put up the money for them. And it goes out like the guy with the what bubbles barbecue sauce. You know, he wanted, you know, his barbecue sauce to go. So he needed more money. So he presents it. And the thing goes viral because he has the money to do things with. You know, like Godfather Pizza. You know, my wife probably make better pizzas than half these guys. You know, but now, you know, the pizza's out there. Just little stuff like that. You know, somebody takes an idea. You know, don't envy the guy because he's rich because he put his idea together. You know, we have to take the talents and abilities that God gives us, you know. It's not the kid fault, the sister, to move chain in school if he gets all A's and go on to college and become a, 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 a great surgeon. It's not his fault that she taught him, <laughs> you know. So that's the thing we have to realize, but people do. They get jealous and envy of other people. And they want to do them wrong and, and say they need to do more of this. You need to, they need to pay more taxes. They need to be no. No, you need to just get off your lazy behind and do something with what God has given you. Everybody has a talent. Amen. Use your talent to the goodness and watch and see what God will do with it as well. That is not always better than this. You know, people envy the big churches. Oh, I'm going to that church. Oh, man, they got the best music. They've got the best song leaders. They've got the best preacher. They've got all this. You know, that may not be better than this. You know, that over there could be run by the devil. <laughs> you know, you, you have to realize. So don't envy. Amen. Know where you are. Know where you worship. Amen. James tell us, I mean Job, go to Job 5.2. I got about two more minutes here on your paper there. Here are some scriptures that afford us uh, some Job 5.2. For wrath killeth the foolish man, and envy slay the silly man, Job says. Amen. The man or woman who's weak, the silly, stupid. Notice what he says. Amen. It kills you without understanding it. That's why the Bible and Proverbs tell us, get wisdom. And with all your getting, get an understanding. Exalt it, and it will promote you. You know, wisdom is the principal thing. See, notice what he says, envy will kill you. And you don't want to die young, you want to die old. <laughs> Amen. Proverbs 3.31. Everybody there? What does it say? Envy not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. 
Amen. Don't envy those people that get their stuff by being bullied people and, you know, injustice, getting their riches by doing wrong stuff. You know, don't envy these people that oppress other people, oppress the poor, bullying people. Give me your money. The kid on the school ground, you know, give me your money, man. Bullying and pressing folks, you know. No, you know, don't envy them. Why? And don't choose his ways. Because there's an end. Amen. There's an end. All right. We're going to have to stop there tonight. Amen. But uh, as we start out with our opening scripture, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. For this wisdom descend not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And we are not about evil. We are about good. Amen. And so that's what we want to focus on. Amen. This month, we're going to talk more about envy and We'll get into some areas here so that we can help overcome this thing. But what we've covered as a, as a base tonight here, we're going to look at the other scriptures and, and get into this. So study and prepare yourselves. Amen. And, and you know, and that, during the week, examine yourself. Is, is there something you're jealous of? Is there something you're envious of? So you want to get that out of your, your system as well. Amen. So, again, it's good to have everybody here tonight. Keep those that wasn't here tonight in the prayer. Amen. Don't forget Sunday service. Amen. Friday night, Connect Rally in the park in Holman. Amen. Just go straight down 35, and you go straight to the Holman, and you'll see the signs down there. It's down there by, yeah, yeah, take your lawn chairs and bug spray. So that's the blankets. Yeah, be yeah, and if you're going to go back over to the church and eat with them, amen, and it's five bucks they need to know so they can prepare the food, okay? Amen. And those that weren't here tonight that we ask prayer for and those that are far away that we ask prayer for, continue to pray for one another. Uh, follow our monthly prayer themes as well. Amen. And don't resist the urge to pray. Prepare yourself to pray, right? Everybody got it? The preparation. Don't resist the urge to pray. Admit your sins, right? Huh? Resist, right? Prepare, resist the urge not to pray. Admit your wrongs, right? Don't yield to temptation. What's the E? Huh? Edify, right? What is it? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, right. So we'll get it, right? So let's pray. Let's pray. Amen. Follow the schedule to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you again, Lord. Thank you for your word tonight. Be with your people, Lord God. Bring us back together, Lord. Let us continue to be lights in darkness. We thank you for all you do this day, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.